0: Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Hayden.
1: And I'm your co-host, Gavin. I'm just here for fun. I'm Calvin. I'm your government expert, Chandler.
0: And we are going to be having this podcast on uh, executive powers. And so let's get right into it. Um, First thing we want to talk about is uh, we want to explain the, the structure and function of the U.S. government in relation to the executive powers All right, and I'm here to do that. So
2: just some of the basics, the United States government has three branches, legislative, executive, and judicial. Each branch works together to uh, set laws and enforce laws and interpret laws. And uh, executive powers tie into this because, uh, well, the president can veto laws. The president uh, has various executive powers that have an impact on the uh, other branches but are also
0: checked those same powers are checked by the other branches. So then where in, this con- where in the Constitution can you find these executive powers, Chandler? All right, so here we got uh, one
2: quote from the Constitution. The president shall be commander-in-chief of the Army and Navy of the United States, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1. Another executive power He shall have the power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. Again, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1. He shall have power, by and with the advice and consent of the Senate, to make treaties provided two-thirds of the Senators present concur. Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2. And uh, he shall nominate, uh, and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate, shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, judges of the Supreme Court and all other officers of the United States, whose appointments are not herein otherwise provided for, and which shall be established by law, end quote, in uh, Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2. So those are the
0: various examples of uh, executive powers in the Constitution. So uh, how do the separation of powers, as well as checks and balances, apply to executive powers? Gavin?
1: All right, so the other two branches, the judicial and the legislative, each uh, branch has checks and balances to make sure each one doesn't have too much power. So with the judicial branch, the way that the executive branch has checks on the judicial branch is that the president can nominate the judges, and how the judicial branch has checks on the executive branch is that the judicial branch can con- declare certain acts by the president unconstitutional. And then there's also checks and balances with the legislative branch, where The executive branch uh, can veto congressional legislation, which is a check from the uh, executive branch onto the legislative branch. But the legislative branch has checks on the executive branch because they can approve presidential nominations and they control the budget, and they can pass laws over the president's vetoes, and they can also (laughs) impeach the president from office.
0: All right, so... uh how does this topic relate to a current issue or a historical event on executive powers?
1: So this topic relates to when President Donald Trump declared a national emergency to get the funding for his wall on the southern border. Many thought it was an unconstitutional act, but based on the National Emergency Act that was enacted in 1976, what Donald Trump did was actually considered constitutional. Uh, some arguments about it were so the other side did not think it was necessary to do the national emergency. Um, that's because the national emergency was used to stop trade with foreign countries back in the day, where he just called a national emergency to essentially take money from the defense budget for the United States for an issue that is a problem in our country, but not necessarily needed that much money to take care of.
2: All right, so now we're going to open this up to our uh, a bit of an argument segment where we're going to kind of argue over. What executive powers should and shouldn't be there and to what extent? So
0: uh, let's start with uh, what Hayden thinks. Well, I think, um, well, as your host here on this podcast, uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's probably good that the president does, is the commander in chief of the army, Army, but uh, it also could be bad for uh, certain reasons that, uh, you know, uh, he could, or... uh, might do something that could, you know, affect other countries very badly. So if we don't like so like Donnie right now, you know. He he's he's doing I mean he's not doing the greatest job, but he's also doing like, you know, better than Obama, I feel like, you know. All right. Um I agree that the president should be commander in chief
2: of the Army and Navy, but you know, that could present some problems if the uh if the president just happens to know nothing about the army or navy you know the president isn't required to know things about the army or navy so having him be the commander in chief of the army and navy could potentially <laughs> be a problem
0: <laughs> all right so uh thank you for uh, joining us today on our special edition of this podcast on the executive powers and we'll see you next week for another episode